What is up, y'all? It's the CryptoCoin Kid. Welcome to Crypto Talk with Benjamin Wong. I'm your host, CryptoCoin Kid. And I'm Benjamin Wong. So I hope you guys will enjoy this episode of the Crypto Talk. So first of all, before we start, I just want to give a quick definition of just what is an NFT. Since last week we talked about what's Bitcoin, what's the blockchain, so today we're just going to talk a little bit about NFT. So if you didn't know, an NFT stands for non-fungible token. And at the basic level, it's just something that's unique. It's like a unique baseball card. It's just became online. And the difference between an NFT and a fungible token like Bitcoin or USDC is that it is not interchangeable with other things. You can't just... Hey, I'll give you my NFT for your NFT. You can't just do that. It's not like one Bitcoin is always one Bitcoin, but one NFT is not equal to another NFT. That is just a quick definition of the what an NFT is. Yeah, and NFTs, everyone out there who, who's been keeping up with us, we love NFTs. I think there's a huge potential there. And NFTs are so open like you can do so much with it there's utility nfts there's of course art with nfts there's music nfts but they all revolve around the smart contract camille can you talk about that for a bit so a smart contract is essentially just a line of code that is set to execute when you do something like when you want to transact one cryptocurrency for another cryptocurrency it's a smart contract that makes it just go through the difference between smart contracts and just a contract that you sign, this is very important, guys. A contract with an actual person is like the person can make changes to it. They can do all that stuff. But a smart contract, it is not changeable. The code doesn't have like, it just does what's told, does the code and does the command. And it just helps that. And that's a lot better for like decentralized finance because there's no third party controlling the transactions. And so right now in the NFT world, there's so many different NFT projects and, and people doing things. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but Camille, let's first talk about Ethereum, which is the blockchain in which a lot of these projects are being built on. Uh, real quick, a little one sentence summary of the blockchain again. Okay, so the blockchain is essentially just a network that is a bunch of nodes and in order for a transaction to go through, this is in the preference of like cryptocurrency. It's just people have to agree in order for a transaction to go through. And it's just a bunch of different nodes. It can be different wallets and they have to agree that this is an actual true transaction before it can go through. And this is just what Bitcoin was built on, what Ethereum is built on and what most cryptocurrencies is built on. So on this blockchain, the main blockchain right now for NFTs is Ethereum. And you might have heard of Ethereum kind of up there with Bitcoin. Camille, what makes Ethereum different from the hundreds and thousands of other cryptocurrencies and blockchains out there? So the difference between a Ethereum and Bitcoin is that Bitcoin, um, Ethereum is was built to be like a computer, a blockchain that you can build off of. Whereas Bitcoin is just peer-to-peer -peer cash, it's a store of value. And Ethereum was a platform people can build off of it. Coins that are built off the Ethereum network are called ERC-20s. 
And instead of that's the main difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is that Ethereum was built to be a token and a platform, whereas Bitcoin was just built to be a token peer-to-peer cash. So right now, um, we are kind of in a, we're going up. I mean, ETH is at all time high. ETH is the cryptocurrency that you can use on the Ethereum blockchain. Right now, ETH is at a record high. It's like, what, $4,700. And it's it's pretty popular. There's a ton of new projects happening all the time. But a big, big, big thing that's stopping a lot of creators and people entering the whole Ethereum blockchain is gas fees. First of all, Kimia, what are gas fees? So gas fees are essentially the price that the developers get when a transaction goes through. The because there's something called like a li- liquidity pool, whereas where all these like cryptocurrencies are stored for all the transactions that go through, and the money that the developers get from the thing is the gas fees, and that's what how Ethereum makes the money. It's with the gas fees, and the thing about the gas fees, that's how the miners make the money, not the developers. And the thing about gas fees is that back in 2017, when CryptoKitties came out, it actually clogged up the Ethereum network since there was so much supply and demand. People wanted these CryptoKitties and it just clogged up the Ethereum network. And that's why it was so high. Same thing is happening right now. Gas fees are like $600. This is essentially just, if Ethereum couldn't handle one NFT project, how is it going to handle like these hundreds of NFT projects like CryptoPunks, Board Ape Yacht Club, Crypto Crypto Toads, the Shiboshis, like all this stuff. How is it gonna handle all this stuff? And that's why Ethereum network has to make priorities and that's why it's so expensive for people to make transactions. And now the only people that can, that can really use crypto are the big whales that have all the money. And now yeah. people like me or you that want to put five hundred dollars into Ethereum it's like six hundred dollars. I'm gonna spend all my money doing a transaction, and I won't even get anything out of it. Yeah, I mean, even on the smaller scale, with like just buying ETH. First of all, I was I bumped into my neighbor the other day, and we had a good talk about this. He was just trying to transfer over thirty dollars of ETH, and he had to pay like fifteen dollars a fees just to do that. And I have been put off by buying projects when it's like a two hundred dollar project, but the fees are three hundred dollars. And I get it in the long term, if, you know, the project is going to be a big, huge thing, $200, $300, $500 isn't a huge deal, but it still really puts people off because it raises Mm -hmm. that barrier to entry. So I guess, Camille, there has to be some way to fix this. NFTs are the future and there has to be a fixer. And there currently are a few such as Solana or Polygon. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about those what's the the point behind trying to create the solana and polygon blockchains well essentially those blockchains are just trying to lower the fees that the ethereum current network has like eth 2.0 is set to come out in june 2022 which is like eight months and for crypto that's like an eternity of time because the crypto market moves fast it's changed like so much over like a year and that's why people have to go to alternatives like Binance Smart Chain, Cardano, Solana, Polygon. And they just, they want to find different alternative ways. Like a lot of NFT projects I see now are being built on these other platforms. So people can, like there's this one project which was built on Binance Smart Chain. Some are built on Solana, on Polygon. 
And the, if ETH doesn't update faster, then people are just going to find alternatives to ETH so they can use their NFTs, they can make transactions because the NFT revolution is happening super, super quick. And Ethereum has to find a way or else it's not going to be the number one platform to make transactions. So when a lot of people are are going from ETH to things like Polygon or Cardano, Solana, are we going to run into the same problem that if everyone now goes to Polygon, aren't Polygon gas fees going to go up? Well, the thing about that is that some platforms are built to actually handle these transactions going through and through all the time. Whereas Ethereum, it wasn't necessarily built for that. It was built to be transactions, but I bet when Vitalik was building um, Ethereum, he wasn't expecting millions of people to make transactions daily, 24-7 with all these NFTs, sometimes millions of dollars per one transaction. And that's why some of these projects are just literally built to lower gas fees, like Binance Smart Chain, all that stuff. I think it could happen. It could potentially be a problem that gas fees could go up, but I think they'll be more prepared than Ethereum was back in 2017, all that stuff, because they're essentially more built for it. Now, like you said, there are so many different ETH alternatives. This is a question of supply and demand that we'll hit in a second. But staying here with ETH alternatives, do you think there's going to be another cryptocurrency that can kind of become the next Ethereum? You know, is Solana going to be the next Ethereum? Polygon? Are they all going to kind of be kind of mini Ethereums? Uh, I think that could potentially happen. But Ethereum is trying to move to, because Bitcoin uses um, proof of work currently. And Ethereum also uses that right now. So Ethereum in 2.0 is trying to switch over to proof of stake, which is like the amount of time you're staking your cryptocurrencies in a platform. But I think there will definitely be multiple other alternatives to Ethereum if it doesn't move fast enough because proof of stake is a lot safer than mining proof of work. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible for something like Solana to overtake Ethereum, but I think right now for like a couple, probably gonna, Ethereum is probably going to be the top one for a while. Okay, so let's talk about the whole supply and demand. We know supply and demand is really everywhere in business and life. The more you, the more you make, as long as there's a lot of demand for it, the better you'll do. If you make nothing and there's no demand for it, you also do bad. We know supply and demand dictates everything, including cryptocurrency, and NFTs. Just to name a few new projects that are happening, we have the 76ers basketball team, and they're one of many sports teams that are doing NFTs. UFC, State Farm, the insurance company. We have Disney, kind of expected. TikTok, you can now buy NFT TikToks. Uh, There's a ton of sports memorabilia. American Eagle, the clothing brand, which I'm sure is first of many. Nike is now getting into the metaverse. Everyone's doing something. Surely everyone can't be the next Amazon, eBay. Most of these are probably going to go to zero, right? Yes, most of them are going to go to zero because only like a couple, there's like thousands of crypto projects, but you only hear about the top ones like Board Ape Yacht Club, all that stuff. But 
just like you're saying, I am actually really excited for this project. And it's actually the Matrix NFTs, which was kind of like something that inspired the metaverse. It was like one of those main things that is kind of like the metaverse, the Matrix. And it's just so awesome how all these different brands, Warner Bros. is partnering with this company to make 100,000 Matrix-inspired NFTs. And yeah, just totally. It's definitely going, a lot of them will fail. More NFTs will be able to survive. Like once there's more adoption of NFTs, more will be able to survive with more research, more adopters. But currently right now, 99.9% of the NFTs will fail. But once your brand is strong enough, like Disney is a super strong brand. Like Disney will find a way no matter what it does to get their NFT like to the top. So yeah, it's gonna, a lot less will fail once more adoption happens, but currently a lot do fail. Let's talk about Disney. So Disney is launching on the Vive platform. And yeah. from what I'm looking at right now on the Vive platform, it's kind of like OpenSea, but all yeah. of their drops are more premium items in that, you mm. know, they're $100, $200, you buy a token, and it's just kind of, you know, a piece of art. So not to say that they're going to do this exactly, but from what it seems, Disney is likely to do something like taking a picture or a video moment from a movie and turning it into an NFT and you can buy it for $150 or maybe auction it for $1,000. Uh, and you get three months of Disney Plus, but I don't think that's a huge deal. So <laughs> this this entire concept with the Disney NFTs kind of seem a little bit useless in a way because they have no other aspect other than the collectability of it, right? Whereas other companies like State Farm, even American Eagle is doing something a little more interesting. What do you think? And I know you have a strong opinion about Disney and the brand, but do you think it's right mm -hmm. for companies to just kind of take their AP or, or uh, take their IP and, and just put an image or a video of them online and expect there to be value there? I mean, I think Disney, I think, yeah, I think it's fine for Disney to use their internet intellectual property on FT because it's eventually going to have to be digitized. Like my little sister, she loves her little stuffed monkey. And imagine just in like 20 years, kids love their like NFT of like a stuffed animal or something or a Disney character. And I saw this really cool video where this guy has a bunch of these Vive NFTs and you can literally do like AR. You can like have a whole collection huh. of your NFTs and you just do AR like it's actually there with you in your room. So yeah, I think it's totally fine for these big brands for to create all their IP on these platforms. But a lot of other like, NFTs are going to also make their IP on digital platforms and they're going to start there. Like Vivas uses, uses Omi token, all that stuff. And yeah. like, I do literally, if I told you about like Bored Apes Yacht Club, like five years ago, everyone would probably be like, what is that? And then now right. everyone is just like, everyone knows what it is. It's intellectual property. No one, everyone knows about this brand that became popular because of NFTs. So yeah, it's totally fine for big companies to make IP, but we can't underestimate how much people care about their brands. People will spend thousands yeah. of dollars for a valuable brand they like, like just look at Gucci, all that stuff. It's all for that brand, something that they want to show off. And the other thing about NFTs is that no matter what you do with them, it's like kind of a win-win because 
if you have a, let's say, a CryptoPunk, a lot of them are very expensive. So there's either two ways. One, you had the amount of crypto to actually buy one for that stuff. So that's yeah. a lot of crypto. And or second, you were an early adopter and you bought it when it was super cheap. And now it just blew up all in your face. And now your thing is worth like $10,000. <laughs> <Yeah>. So yeah, totally. And I'm I, I'm really, really high on on companies that can use NFTs in a in my opinion, in a more creative way, uh, like how State Farm creates their NFTs and you can go on a treasure hunt to collect NFTs or how American Eagle NFTs are low price, but they're like limited edition type of things. Yeah, I really like those creative things. It's not just like if I was Disney CEO, you know, putting everything out there mm -hmm. right away with not a huge amount of utility. If you are the CEO of Disney and you needed to go into NFTs, what would you do? Well, first of all, I would definitely make all my IP. I would partner with a brand that's already like already working, like Vive is already working even before Disney went with it. I would go with what was working. This is Disney is already doing it. And the cool thing about NFTs is that currently, right now, most of them are just like a store of value, but eventually most of them are going to be like an experience, an exclusive experience. Like they already did like this, like yeah. minorly with the Disney Plus thing, three months free of Disney Plus. And same thing with Bored Apes, you get access, once you buy a Bored Ape, you get access to something called the bathroom, which is just like a graffiti board where people can just draw on it if you have a Bored Ape. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's going to be a lot more utility with NFTs and people will get access to concerts, movies, premium clothing and merchandise or even access to the game that they're making but yeah that's what i would probably do if i were the ceo of disney which is just what they're already doing <laughs> what's your take on uh, on the other you know aspects of of what companies are doing like like again i'm gonna say this quite a bit because i like i love it so much but like with state farm or with uh mm -hmm. i guess nike in a way by american eagle um, you know, what if, what if Disney could, instead of going straight to releasing all their IP with, with, mm. I'm going to say little utility, uh, other than the, mm. the, the cosmetic stuff, would it be smarter for them to just try to start with NFTs and maybe digitizing all their tickets as NFTs or, uh, making it so that if you attend certain events, if you attend 4th of July at Disneyland, you get a special NFT, you know, something like that. Well, I honestly think that the idea of tying their NFTs with something real life is pretty smart, in my opinion, because they're trying to relate the brand to its actual sales that actually relate to the actual company. Like maybe if you could get the NFT, you get to also get this thing in real life. Like, yeah. or maybe if you buy this same thing with that James Bond 007 thing where it's like you buy it and you can get access to their actual movie. That thing came out at like $300. Now it's $300,000 for that one NFT, which is absolutely crazy. And I think that the idea that they're making every their online things tied to their real life sales is actually pretty smart because it keeps it like in real life. It's not everything you have is digitized, but it's just making a utility where if even if you don't, if you have the NFT, you just win no matter 
what happens you just have that nft you can get in real life even if it's not even worth anything you still have that store value that is valuable to you you can cherish it forever on the blockchain and yeah for these CEOs of these huge companies that are that are trying to get into NFTs, Kimia, what would you say are, are the most dangerous things they can do that would, that would seriously harm uh, harm their their chances of of creating a successful project? Uh, if I was a CEO, I would try to stay true to my brand. I won't just copy like what's working already because it seems just. It seems just like you're copying them. Like imagine Disney just releases a bunch of board apes, but they look like Disney characters. Like that, that isn't <laughs> that just look. It's just copying them. But just stay true to your brand. If I was a CEO, don't go far off topic of your brand. Don't dilute it and just confuse people with like, oh look, there's this one thing, and then there's the other thing. Stay true on like this path that you're going, and just stay within that path. You can make some like small turns away from it, but just make sure to stay on topic to your brand. That's, that's definitely super important. Uh, and, and all these companies have such strong brands that, that you know, there's no, really no reason that they should be trying to copy other things like that. And yeah. let, let's go to the cryptocurrency side of, uh, of this whole story. Mm-hmm. Later news, uh, latest news, I mean, Shiba, the coin that's mm-hmm. based on Dogecoin, uh, their siblings. And she was up like, what, a thousand percent in, in a week yeah. or two weeks. And it's super controversial because people already were yeah. a little confused with Dogecoin and why is this mm-hmm. Dogecoin going up so much? And then now there's Shiba. And now why is Shiba going up so much? I thought we already had you mm-hmm. know, the fun coin. Why is Shiba going up so much? I think that they're just riding off the back of Dogecoin hype, if I'm being honest. Like, no hate to all the people that love Shiba. But one thing that I see as a pattern is that Shiba people hate Dogecoin people, and Dogecoin people hate Shiba people. We have the superior meme coin. And it's kind of like they're just riding off the meme coin of Dogecoin because Dogecoin is kind of just, like, chilling right now, whereas Shiba is, like, going crazy parabolic and... I think that they're just kind of trying to get the kind of like publicity of Elon Musk because he's like, he has 60 million followers on Twitter. That's a lot of people to pump up your own thing. And the same thing with other things, like there was this token called Squid Game token and it was riding off the Squid Game like whole thing and how it was like so many people were watching that show. It's like worth a billion dollars to Netflix. And that token went up like 2,800%. It was worth like 2,800 per token. And then just rug pulled. It went down to zero. The The owners had admin keys. They just pulled the plug and people lost all their money. And that's why, that's the thing about NF, um, not NFTs, meme coins. It's kind of like a game of musical chairs where you're kind of listening to the song, making profits, but if you're not sitting and you cashed out, you made your profits, then you're just, it's, that's the thing about meme coins. They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down. Yeah. So well, you talked about Elon Musk. Let's, let's talk about that. So he is a huge proponent for boosting all, and, and for everyone who doesn't know who Elon Musk is, uh, <laughs> Tesla, SpaceX, all those kind of things. And he, he's of course has been a big booster of, of the whole crypto space. I mean, 
his just tweeting something out can can cause huge ripples in the industry. Yeah. He tweeted out a Chinese poem. I had my dad read this to me because uh, uh, it's in Chinese. And, and so basically it translates to, uh, it starts with humankind. You can go view this at Elon Musk on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It reads, bean stalks are burned to cook beans. The beans weep in the pot. We grow from the same root. Why should we boil each other with such impatience? Uh, essentially, what that means is two brothers, kind of, you know, the bean roots are, are grown from the same place. So why are they fighting so much? Uh, by the way, Camille, did you get a chance to to read this tweet? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> okay, so, so this is new to you too. So basically, yeah. he was just trying to create some some peace between the two. But they're both, Dogecoin was already something that was, not to say it's completely, but was already something that was kind of useless. Now, now there's another <laughs> one that is just another useless copy of something that already is kind of useless, right? Yeah. It, it was like Bitcoin is the gold, Ethereum is the silver. Uh, sure, Dogecoin maybe that's you know the fun, the bronze. We kind of have some fun there. But now there's another one. Why? Like, does this? It, it, like just like Dogecoin went up really huge and it's now all the way down shiba is surely destined for the same fate right yeah shiba even today it's already down like 22 percent today it might be starting to dip but yeah that's the thing about elon musk he's like he's the king of memes he just makes memes he's in it for the memes he always likes joking about cryptocurrencies and the entire crypto market is built on hype whichever projects were hyped the most they're the ones that got pumped the most. Like BitConnect, that was a huge scam. It got pumped so much all around the world, and then it just flopped. And that's the thing about meme coins. They're just like people love meme coins for the like for the oh the cute doges and all that stuff. Doges are cute. But the thing about crypto is that the things that really will stay along for a long time is utility tokens. Things that actually have utility tied along with yeah. a store of value. Like Ethereum has utility with its platform. So essentially, yeah, every meme coin has the same fate. If it does not have utility, it will eventually fall down a cliff. And Shiba is already trying to build utility. They, they have their own thing called Shiba Swap. They have like they can stake Shiba. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, then they're just going to have the same fate as every other meme coin in the world, like Floki, like Dogecoin, all that stuff. So if we try to take a look at five years from now, so like 2025, 2026, what are the odds that, that like how likely is it that there's going to be a Dogecoin first? And then off of that, how likely do you think there's going to be a Shiba, a Shiba that's like a mainstream coin in five years? I think that in like five years to come, that's a long time for crypto. These coins are going to look as like nostalgic going to look like, oh, the good old days when we always used to talk about these meme coins. But I think that the store value tokens will last the longest. But honestly, it depends what the developers do with their coins. If they end up adding like utility to their coins, then that could definitely make them be a meme coin plus being useful to the world. But most meme coins don't do that. They're just aiming for the memes. They just go up, they get pumped, and then they fall down. So that's kind of the only thing that will keep them around like in five years to come if they make some utility tied along with the funny meme coin 
what do you think is the best bet for teens and kids out there, even adults listening? What's the best bet for, for dealing with this whole meme, com, meme, meme coin economy? Is it to try and make quick profits and, and predict the next five meme coins and do quick flips? Is it to try and, and bet on Dogecoins? They're going to be the Bitcoin. Is it to stay away from them completely? What's the best bet here? Well, I think my best bet is just to do research because this is just my prediction, but I think that there's going to be a huge bear market to come very soon. And the thing about that, just like that Squid Game token, if you actually did research on that token, if you looked at their white paper, they have spelling mistakes. The founders are just computer generated <laughs> images. The founders are really just computer generated images and everything's just wrong with it. There's fake names. And they even said they had a quote unquote partnership with Netflix, which was totally fake. Netflix got asked and they said, no, we don't have any relationship with this cryptocurrency squid game token. So just do your research in the time when everything is going to dip the bear market, do your research. Cause that's the time when everyone, when there's blood on the streets, when everyone, when crypto is red, that's the time to do the research to look for the next best thing. What, but for, however, it is important to understand the meme market because the meme market also Everything affects the market. You have to take into account everything in the crypto market because the meme coins can change the whole market for everything. So pay attention to everything in crypto, no matter if it's dumb, no matter if it's important, just listen to it. Like, listen to everything, but just don't listen to everything, if you know what I'm saying. Like, don't take advice from everyone, but you still should listen to everyone. Yeah, and and these these founders of the Squid Token that had spelling mistakes, made a lot of lies. They walked away with $3.4 million yeah. from doing nothing. I could have created Squid Token. <laughs> like, <laughs> so do, your, do your research. Be like Mia. Do the research. Look into the coins before you, you know, put anything serious into it. Uh, and it's a dangerous world out there. It's going to be a bear market. I guess we'll, we'll go on to that. We'll do some hot takes now. Yeah. What month or I guess what quarter and what year do you think is a safe bet for a bear market when things start to go downhill okay real quick I'd just like to clarify I'm not a financial advisor I'm just a kid who really loves cryptocurrency so I think that the bear market could happen early 2022 could happen later depends on how the market is looking but I, that's just my bet. I think that the crypto market, because the last bear market lasted like three years for Bitcoin. It was not doing anything until like early 2021. So just make sure to do, as always, do research. I think the bear market is going to come early 2022, but it likely won't last as long as the previous bear market since this bull run was like just it was like a whole year of bull market and the second one and this bull market was very different from all the bull markets that happened in the past so it could be a new trend that's forming currently but just i bet the bear market won't last till like the beginning of 2023 it will definitely be throughout the first half of 2022 but just do your research during that time so you can buy in early, be an early adopter, then you can make some make some profits. <laughs> how in the in the grand scheme of things, how much volatility do you expect from 
the whole crypto market? Is it going to be like the stock market in the past two years where it's, you know, is it going to be like the stock market in the past 20 years, which is, you know, gradual uphill? Do you think it's going to constantly have a bear market every other every other two years? Is it going to just be slow, slow growth for 20 years? Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, everything will eventually become less and less. Like in the beginning, it's like the Mr. Market thing that I was talking about last week. Uh, Mr. Market in the stock market, he like sometimes really happy, sometimes really sad. In the crypto market currently, he's like super crazy. He's super, super happy yeah. sometimes or super, super sad. Eventually, he'll become less and less and less excited because he's seen everything. He's seen all the cryptocurrencies that are happening. And for example, Bitcoin is becoming, once it's like, like even El Salvador, the more it's like integrated into everyday life and literally everyone in the world knows about it, the less and less volatile it will become. It's like the same thing with the stock market. It was like super like crazy back in like the 90s, 80s, all that stuff until it slowly became more integrated in the recent years. So yeah, that's the thing about crypto it will become less and less volatile in the years to come. But on the other hand, if it remains decentralized, and it's still decentralized, like right now, if it's not in centralized exchanges, like the government isn't using it for those cryptos, it will still remain volatile. So we're still super early on, right, in this whole crypto world. And right now, the big guys are Bitcoin, Ethereum, I guess Doge, you know, Polygon, uh, Solana. Is there a chance? How, how, give me a percentage. What percent chance is it that another blockchain or coin is going to come along that can beat Bitcoin and Ethereum? Uh, I think that there's a, to beat Bitcoin, maybe a 10% yeah. chance. Bitcoin is just so big that it's like, it's probably super low. It's just too strong, the Bitcoin brand. There's so much people that love Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin. I've been loving it since 2017. And it's going to be a super pretty low chance, like 10% chance that someone beats um, Bitcoin. For Ethereum, however, for all the other things, I think it's still up for grabs. Like besides Bitcoin, possibly Ethereum, I think it's still possible. Maybe like a 40% chance for something to overtake wow, Ethereum totally. or maybe even something higher. But for the rest of the market, it's still up for grabs. Like anyone can pass Doge if you have a good project a good idea a good vision and yeah for everything else besides bitcoin and ethereum i think it's pretty high chance that it's going to be overtaken what would it take for someone to become the next i guess we'll start with what would it take for someone to become the next big bitcoin as a currency and then what would it take for someone to be the next ethereum as a blockchain well, first of all, they would need a lot of loyal fans. They would need a lot of people that love the project. They would need a lot of, then they would need a lot of utility with it. Like one of the main reasons that Ethereum became super big is because of all the utility it has. Like it has so much utility, but that's why it's not like Solana is a whole network and it's not like the, what, like fourth, fifth top cryptocurrency. And that's why utility is definitely going to be a big factor in the grand scheme of things. And loyal fan base, utility, all that stuff is kind of your, and eventually lowest fees on your platform. Eventually most of the top 
cryptos in the future are probably going to have their own platform that they can do fee transactions on. And whichever one with the lowest fees, the best utility, the best fan base is going to eventually overcome like the top 10 cryptocurrencies. So you talked about utility and then the following, the fans. We know that Dogecoin, mm-hmm. we know that Shiba, we know the Bitcoin, all have huge yeah. fan bases, very dedicated. Crazy fan bases. ETH, maybe not too much, but ETH has utility, right? ETH has, in my exactly. opinion, so much more utility than uh, Bitcoin in terms of excluding payment, uh, but in terms yeah. of being able to build something on top of ETH. If someone is going and trying to create the next cryptocurrency, whether it's more ETH blockchain uh, focused or payment focused, is it better to be 60-40% loyal fans to utility or is it better to be focusing a lot more on utility and then just wait for the fans to come? I think you should... Focus on utility first if you really want to be one of those big competitors. But don't underestimate the power of a, like a loyal community because like there's a lot of projects that have been around for years and their communities are still standing strong. So don't underestimate the power of a strong crypto community. Like the crypto communities are just, like so awesome that they're just like so loyal to their projects. The Sheep community, the Doge community, the Bitcoin community, they all are loyal to their project. So yeah, but if you want to be like one of the top ones for for a pretty long time, uh, blockchains are just social consensus as much as code consents. And the thing that's why you have to have a loyal fan base along with some very good utility. And that's the thing about Ethereum; it's like the best utility, and Bitcoin is like a good community. Yeah. That's why, but. Don't but the thing about just community and no utility is that if you have a super strong community but you have no utility with your token, then it will just probably have the fate of like meme coins. Like, there should be like some cryptos, it should be like a religious amount of like support. Like, that crypto is like their religion, it's like that that extreme of a community. But there's always better technology, there's always a better platform. Eventually, something will probably be better than Ethereum. But yeah, just focus on utility first, but don't underestimate the power of community because there's always better tech, but it doesn't mean it'll always win. Last episode, we ended up talking about why there's a good chance that Gen Z will kind of be the fall, uh, at least temporarily, Mm -hmm. and the start of the bear market because of a big figure doing something really dumb with nfts and and devaluing and, and giving a bad perception of the whole nft space you know we pinpointed olivia rodrigo or charlie d'amelio mm-hmm. what would be if, if you are the talent manager or agency behind these figures and you had mm-hmm. you know the brand of olivia rodrigo or charlie d'amelio at your disposal what would be your approach how would you frame the project well, I think that like there's a lot of influencers that are out there. And the thing about it is that a lot of influencers can get in trouble for promoting some things. They can get canceled just like that cancel culture from promoting projects. Cause if you promote this project that was like super big, but then it got a scam, same thing like with yeah. BitConnect, a lot of people were promoting it, big influencers, but then it was a scam. Just yeah, just make sure to look into the project. And second, stay within your community. Stay within the whole grand scheme of your brand. 
And like these TikTokers have like huge followings. They have like loyal fans. That's like they already got like community down. Community is like not even a problem for them. So just make sure to have fun with it because a life where you just look at boring charts all the time, just oh, next profits. Just make sure to have fun with it. That's the thing about crypto. It's just I enjoy crypto. It's fun to me. I love all the different communities. I love everything about it. Nobody knows where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a profit. I don't know what the future is going to happen. But just make sure you have fun with it because you're dealing with people's money. And if they lose it, you will be blamed. That's the thing about those influencers. So if they have an NFT project that fails, they're going to lose a lot of fans because they're probably going to get all those fans that are like, oh, yeah, it's Olivia Rodrigo. Like, she's my favorite singer. And they buy the NFT, and then the person that partnered with Olivia Rodrigo was just, like, a scammer. Then she would lose, like, millions of fans. Like, they have, like, 80 million followers on TikTok. So it's all about speculation. It's all about thinking about these projects. And just make sure to stay within your fan base and just make sure that's not a scam so you don't lose your whole entire following. And, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that's super super important, and I'm I love utility. Like I love utility NFTs mm-hmm. because they just feel so much more fun to me and so much more valuable than just you know a selfie. So that is about the close of today's crypto talk. But one last thing: our weekly baby steps, uh, really quick mm-hmm. simple things that can get everyone listening at home into the crypto world. What are we suggesting mm-hmm. today, Camille? So first of all, make a wallet. Like the beginning of all crypto journeys, you just have to create a wallet because then you can do everything else if you just have a wallet. I recommend MetaMask because that's what I personally use. And you can also, you for most of the crypto games, like there's this one called MyMeta, which I really like. And it uses an engine wallet. So you can also download engine if you want to get into some other crypto games, but make sure to start a wallet transfer maybe like $100 into your account of ETH and just look for different games that are trending like Axie Infinity, like My Sandbox, which is a recent one that was like exploded in popularity, Decentraland, and also make sure to look at the small ones because then those ones could potentially blow up as big as the other ones. Yeah. So for example, like have you ever heard of Brave Browser? Like the alternative browser? Brave Browser? Okay. No. So Brave Browser is essentially just like a ad blocking whole website where it just blocks ads for you and you don't have to get like YouTube Premium or any of that. It just blocks the ads for you. And the thing about that is they have something called BAT, which is called Basic Attention Token. And you earn that by looking at their ads or sponsorships. It could be a sponsorship with Crypto.com. It could be with TELUS, it could be with whatever. And I've been using this for like three years and I like never even knew about BAT until like super recently. And it turns out I earned like $600 from that. I earned $600 just from looking at the ads, just scrolling through Twitter, all that stuff. I earned $600 from literally doing nothing. (laughs) That's why I just love the crypto community because sometimes if you join the crypto project, 
they sometimes tip you tip you like a thousand dollars worth of their cryptocurrency. Like some things, a lot of crypto projects are generous like that. And when you join the community, just make sure that you can get in into the their early adopting phase. And I'm in like a lot of crypto project discords. Make sure to be in there because that's where the raw real stuff is. And it's not just like, like, don't look to the news for like your main news. That sounds weird. <laughs> don't look for the news just for everything. Yeah. Make sure you go into the personal people, the people that founded this, the people that are big believers in this, because they're the ones that have the most like in-depth thing. Like I'm not the most into, like I'm not the smartest person on all the NFTs. A lot of people like literally devote their entire life to look into these NFTs and their opinions are very valuable. That's why I enjoy going on Twitter, Reddit, Discord, because that's where they show their raw opinions. Right. And that's just something I would like to recommend for that. And yeah, just hearing $600 for looking at ads. <laughs> so the baby step, just get a wallet and start playing some games where you can earn crypto. I love it. There are, and by the way, there are a bunch of different options and all these wallets are super uh, private and easy to set up. You know, you just need your seed phrase. Make sure you never share your seed phrase with anyone. Yep. Uh, make sure to be never share paper. your private key. Be very safe Never online. Uh, that's super important. And and from there, you'll be all set up. So last week, we told you to go do some research into everything. This week, we're telling you to go set up your wallet. It's literally free. It takes like five minutes. Uh, and so it's easy. private, safe, super easy. And, and next week, I'm sure we'll have another step. So by the end of, at the end of every month, you'll be that much further into the world of NFTs. Exactly. All right, that's today's episode of Crypto Talk. I'm Benjamin Wong. And I am the Crypto Coin Kid, and we'll see you guys later. This podcast is intended to provide general information and opinions. Please refer to your own research and discretion when making important financial decisions.